Welcome to Prima's podcast. My name is Shonda Ragland. I manage the education and training programs at the Public Risk Management Association. Today, Karen Reiser will discuss water quality risk assessment and management. Karen is the risk manager for Clayton County Water Authority, CCWA, which is a 75,000 customer water, sewer, and stormwater utility in Metro Atlanta. Karen started her career at CCWA in January 1998 and has held various roles during her tenure. Karen holds an associate degree in accounting and a bachelor's degree in finance from the University of Toledo. She has been a member of the Georgia Prima since 2006. Karen served as the Georgia Prima Vice President from 2008 to 2010 and Georgia Prima President from 2010 to 2012. Karen received the Prima Chapter Service Award for Georgia in 2009. Additionally, she's been a member of Prima since 2008 and served on the External Affairs Committee from 2013 to 2014. We will also be joined by Danica Williams, a member of Prima's education and training team. Danica will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the show. Karen, what happened in Flint, Michigan that led to the crisis there? Well, in 2014, the city of Flint, Michigan began drawing its water from the Flint River instead of purchasing water from the city of Detroit. The city of Detroit gets their water from Lake Huron, and they did this as a cost-saving measure. When the city switched its water supply source, it didn't take the required steps to manage the water chemistry. And the Flint River in Michigan has more corrosive water than lake water, which caused the aging pipes to leach lead into the tap water from the service lines. The service lines are actually the lines that run from the meter at the customer's house into the home. And um, we would just like to tell, you know, explain what the service lines are and also the home plumbing. Uh, this lead ended up in the water coming out of the faucets and therefore exposing the residents to the high level of lead over time. This probably would not have happened if the water supply had been properly treated with an anti-corrosion agent. In October of 2015, the city of Flint went back to using water from Detroit, which came from Lake Huron, but there was an ongoing concern that some private service lines, which I talked about, were the lines that run from the meter to inside the home, may still be leaching lead into the tap water. So is this something that could happen or is probably happening in other entities or municipalities? Well, most municipality water systems take responsibility to protect their customers from lead exposure, and they take that seriously. Most take proactive and preventive action to prevent the leaching of lead to the customer's pipes. They work closely with the public, the local public health officials to ensure the safety of the customers is a top priority. So while it could happen, the likelihood that it is, probably not. Um, several factors also are involved in the extent in which lead enters the water, including the chemistry of the water, the acidity and alkalinity and the types and amount of minerals in the water, the amount of lead it comes in contact with, the temperature of the water, the amount of wear on the pipes, how long the water's been in the pipes, and the presence of coating inside the plumbing material. So there's a lot of components that could impact if you change your water supply. Now, what steps can municipalities take to prevent lead exposure and ensure overall exceptional water quality? Well, you really kind of need to understand how lead can enter drinking water, and that's primarily through private plumbing materials inside the home. 
such as pipe and fixtures that contain lead. Uh, we do not use lead pipes in our system and most municipalities don't. So it really is coming from the home. This interaction between the water and the plumbing fixture, the lead pipes, causes a corrosion. This contributes to the lead release in the drinking water. Most water systems like ours add a corrosion inhibitor to the finished water leaving the water production plant and that coats the pipe and controls the corrosion. Additionally, testing occurs several times daily at water production facilities as required by law in most states to ensure the corrosion inhibitors are at levels needed to reduce the corrosion. We hope you found the information you've heard so far useful. I would like to take a moment and invite you to join us at an upcoming Prima Enterprise Risk Management Training Session. Prima's last 2016 ERM training session will take place in Phoenix, Arizona the last week of November. Here are some words from Prima's ERM faculty member, Tim Wiseman, regarding why risk management professionals should attend Prima's ERM training. Well, I think we find ourselves today in a very complex environment, not only with the global marketplace, but the advancement of technology and communications. Both public and private sector entities and organizations are really wrestling with how to process information about vulnerabilities and risks that are associated with their objectives and goals and strategies. So there's sort of a general understanding and realization that some of the older practices in risk management may have been adequate at the time, but there's sort of a need to step up the game and take a more holistic approach. And I think that's the door that's opening and has opened for organizations, both public and private sector, to embrace an enterprise-wide risk management approach. To learn more about Prima's ERM training, visit primacentral.org. Now back to Karen and Danica. Karen, what provisions currently exist at the state or even at the national level to ensure that situations like the one that has occurred in Flint do not happen? Well, the U.S. enjoys one of the world's most reliable and safest supplies of drinking water. So, you know, we try to tell customers that and try to assure them. But there are some regulations that are out there. Congress passed the Safe Drinking Water Act in 1974, and it was really to protect the public health. Uh, it included regulating public water systems for the first time ever. In 1984, Congress amended that act, which included provisions to increase the pace of regulation, strengthening enforcement, and to help protect groundwater sources for drinking water. And again, in 1996, they made amendments to the act, which included authorizing risk-based st standard setting for contaminants that may impact public health, requiring water systems to inform customers about contamination in their drinking water and violations of the law, and establish programs to address challenges faced by small water systems. Currently, there are over 170,000 public water systems providing drinking water to most Americans in the U.S. So as you can imagine, that's a lot of drinking water systems out there and a lot to regulate. While the Drinking Water Act is in place, they rely on the states and even the local communities to enforce that act. One of the things they have, though, in the 1996 revision, it requires every water utility, water system, to uh, develop a consumer confidence report. And it's got to be released every year by July 1st. It discloses testing and monitoring for levels of lead and other um, harmful materials, in the, you know, potentially in the drinking water from the prior year. 
you can find on our website the last five years of the Consumer Confidence Report. So it's a good place to go and look at what the levels are for all the different harmful substances potentially that could be in drinking water and help the customer feel confident that the local utility or the water district is testing for all of those and making sure that they're in compliance on an annual basis. What is the best way to communicate your water quality standards to your customers? Well, there's various means. I talked about the consumer confidence report, but we also do things like bill stuffers, which we put in the monthly water bills on topics related to water quality, water testing. We post articles on our website. We do public events. We actually currently have an article on our website about the Flint, Michigan situation. And uh, you can find it on our main page under CCWA Alerts. But it's really trying to tell the customer we're aware of the situation and what we're doing here at Clayton County Water Authority to protect our citizens and our customers to ensure that a situation like that would not occur. Additionally, uh, we're promoting our drinking water by a newly developed program, what we call Tap on the Go. We take our drinking water out to public events. We've come up with a large container that we take and we give them refillable cups and trying to promote just the water quality and drinking tap water as a good source versus bottled water. In closing, Karen, how can your customers be proactive in learning about water quality concerns, both in their area and around the country? Well, there's several ways that they can. One is they really just need to understand that houses built before 1986 more than likely had lead pipe and fixtures, so they need to be aware of that. You need to learn about how the water is coming into your home if it was built before 96 and what type of, you know, pipes you have and fixtures. You can also have those pipes and fixtures tested. The lead testing is about 20 to $100 depending on, you know, how much pipe you have. It should also be noted that, you know, we tell customers that boiling water, while that does take a lot of the contaminants out, it does nothing to lead. So if you think boiling water will protect you, from a lead contaminant, it will not. But there's other resources. Your local utility should be able to provide information to you on their website and the state EPD and also the federal agency has a safe drinking hotline. They have an 800 number. It's 1-800-426-4791. They also have a website. It's www.epa.gov. They've got your drinking water or safe water lead that has valuable information as well. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks so much, Karen and Danica. Please visit the Prima website to listen to other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about additional Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an excellent day.